Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter, at Clinton Bon. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. Now, Brandon, you might be, and in fact, you are the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. But I can tell you what was not great, Brandon Schultz, and what was not great, is breaking our 13-game home winning streak and losing 33-30 to in an overtime disastrous loss to an inferior Tennessee Titans team. It has me in furious still less than 24 hours later. How are you feeling? We're still, it's still kind of, it's still kind of fresh for me, and I'm still not feeling so good. How about you, no, Brandon? No, still not over it. Um, uh, we have to do this. I mean, I guess we don't have to do it, but we're doing it. We, it, it's part of the healing process. And it was infuriating because the Seahawks led for so much of that game. And yes, they had their opportunity to win their 13th straight home game. And they were right in position to do it. And instead, they end up losing to the dang Titans. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's, and I was, you know, I've showed everybody before on three and three out for those that don't know it yet. If this is your first one, well, buckle up, buckaroo, because here we go. This there was there was a whole lot on the outside of the ledger. Um, when I got done with this game, like when it was when it was 30 to 23 in the discord, I was like, man, right now, the edger was like let the edger. The yeah, the ledger was perfectly even when we were up 30 to 23. So, you know, how the game ended. So I could just let you, you know, in on a little secret. The ledger ended up being more heavily slanted to the outside, which perfectly what? correlates. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah. Go, go, go figure. Right? So you didn't have a um, lot of ins in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the gameplay. We played one good quarter. One. We, I mean, it was a great quarter, but we played one good quarter. We're going to get into all the, the, all the ins and all the outs. And we don't get to do the fun thing. We have to start on the crappy side, the sober yin side. We don't get to talk about the rule. We don't get the brand in. We get none of that. And, you know, winners get sprinkles and we lost a stinking game. So boy, we're going to start with an out. Why don't we hop on over to it? What do you say? All right. So I'm going to take a drink. I didn't say anything. Uh, you asked me what I'm yeah. going to say. I'm not. I'm, yeah, take your drink. Right. And that, I'm, I'm, I can lead into this out while you get your drink. It's a good thing we limit it to three ins and three outs, especially when we start with an out, because keeping this to three, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And, um, you know, we're going to get into it, but it, it was it was it's infuriating because it was self-inflicted, because it was sloppy, because it was undisciplined, because it was untimely. And we still should have won the darn game. We're a better team than they are. And uh, away we go. A loss to loss. Now I could reflect and say they gave us a 17th game this year. You know, all is not lost in week this one two doesn't matter. into Just, week three. This, this, this is the 17th game. You throw out the worst game and this is it. Right. This, that, those are the rules, right? New, new rules. That, that game doesn't count. But we have to start with, uh, we're starting with an out. So I'm going to two birds, one stone this thing here. And it's not a particular play. We are going to get into those later. It is more of a, of a space and time thing. And the thing that comes up for me, Brandon, is like during our what if session with with Mr. Phil, Mr. Phil Leidick earlier in the week, Mr. Phil said, hey, if this game's close, if this is a close game, like what's going wrong for our Seahawks? My answer was 
well, we're going to be hearing this name McNichols way too much. These little dump offs over the middle and just keeping drives going. We're going to hear Jeremy McNichols. Your answer was, well, I think Russ probably has made some bad decisions if that's the case. They're both freaking right. <laughs> they're, they were, we were both right in the worst, the worst possible way. And what I want to point to as my first out is why on offense do we abandon the middle of the field? No targets to Chris Carson, no targets to a tight end. And why on defense did we abandon the middle of the field? So the middle of the field, it's not its fault, but it carries the out. I, that's where I'm starting. The, the out goes to the middle of the field for sure. Yes. The, in the second half, I know that I, I, I felt like I was calling every single one of the Titans plays because there were two plays that they ran the entire second half. It was handoff to Derrick Henry or it was drop back, allow everybody to run down the field, and then Derrick Henry would set up in front of Bobby Wagner, or or whatever, or maybe it was McNichols, would set up right yeah. in front of Bobby Wagner, and then they take a little five-yard dump off, and Bobby would get the tackle, and that's how he amassed about 20 tackles in this game, was because every single time they just posted up right in front of him to get the five- or six-yard gain. And he played, you know, he played very well, besides, besides all the ones that were like the five-yard, six-yard dump off. Credit to Wagner. He's not going to be on. He's not. I don't have him on the inside of the ledger. So just hat tip now. And his blitz was awesome. That was a beautiful sack. He had a couple of nice tackles for a loss. He played really well. Um, yeah. And, that, and don't uh, mistake that for me dumping on Bobby Wagner. Bobby was there uh, for every, and he didn't miss any of those either. No, he he, so he great. was he was right on top of it. It's just that it was it was so frustrating that that's what they just they had their way with over and over again. And. They weren't getting there with the pass rush. So I don't know, maybe drop one of those defensive linemen back a little bit and, and bracket Henry. So that way they, they don't have that easy dump off to him every single time. Yeah. And Henry got what? Six receptions, which I think is like, like that was his best ever. I, or it's, it's tied for his, his career high. So it's like, it's one thing if Henry goes off and runs on you and we'll probably talk about some of that later, but it's another, another thing. If you allow him to be, like James White all of a sudden too. It's like, wait a second, six catches, 50 something yards. Like, so just uncovered, you know, screens uncovered, tight ends uncovered, the middle of the field, just uncovered to the backs. And on the flip side, what I saw was I saw less, I think I saw less Russ under center, way less misdirection and Barely any action to anybody who wasn't, you know, one of the three wide receivers when it, when it was when it came time to pass the ball. So it was very confusing to me. Don't know if there's anything else, anything else that came up for you, but I want to ask a question. This team felt markedly different to me. Like we talked about this in after game three of the preseason, the speed that D Eskridge brought to the team. It wasn't like, oh, D Eskridge is going to get all these plays. It was more like with D Eskridge. We're really going to free things up all of a sudden, no D and it just goes away. Like we, we can't do misdirection. We can't do, you know, lots of motion. It seemed to be like a, a, not a carbon copy, but a kissing cousin of our 2020 Seahawks for no reason at all to me. It was weird because it, it felt like they were moving quickly inside the two minutes right before the half. So they had oh, yeah. that ability and Russ was getting rid of the ball quickly and everything was was moving well, right, right there to get that touchdown before going into halftime. So they had the ability to do it. It's just that they stopped doing it in the second half. And that was I, I don't understand why. 
Yeah, me neither. However, however, you are foreshadowing and in. So why don't we flip the script and get over? There was actually was some good stuff on, on the Raging Yang side. And even in this terrible loss, let's go talk about some good stuff. Okay, you're just gonna, if you're gonna take a drink on every single break, you know there's like four seconds. And so I can do I can the intro if you're gonna need the drink, it's seconds. fine. I can name that drink in two seconds. That, that's a game I'll play. So here, here we go. So you, you called it earlier. My number one in was that tempo at the end of quarter two. And specifically, 31 yards, 14 seconds on three plays, right? Which started with, oh, I don't know, a little check down right to Homer out of the backfield. And that two-minute drill really became like a 50-second drill. So that went Homer, Lockett sideline, Swain. We had that uh, Collins draw on second and two that went for 25 yards. Love the fact that he gets one run for 25 yards and never sees the field again. That seems dumb. And it results in the Carson one-yard touchdown after, uh, after the, the, the DPI on Lockett in the end zone there, right? The... The tempo, the pace, the being at the line, the and the, and again, what we just talked about was we didn't use the middle of the field, especially in the second half. Well, in this drive, we used all parts of the field, right? So the, D, the DPI to lock it over the middle, the the out to to uh, Homer. Yep, you know, not sideline for sure, not, not not you know, just kind of a little out. The lock it sideline went okay, good. Use the sideline. Swain was kind of cutting underneath. Uh, Metcalf had a, had a catch on, on the sideline that time. Collins up the gut for 25, way more diversified in the second half and with incredible tempo. So I'm still angry. You could hear it in my voice. I could feel it in my body. I'm still angry that we didn't do this all the time. I can reflect and say, okay, if we have a minute 15 or less to go score a touchdown, clearly we can do that with this team. And that drive was executed to a T beautifully done. That's definitely an end. Yes. And this is what they needed when they were in the fourth quarter. This is what they needed in overtime. They just needed to go up tempo and, and move the ball down the field. They don't need to be, I, I think Russ sometimes when he has these nice, pretty deep throws, I don't know if it gets like locked in his brain that he's like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to throw, I need to find more of these out here. And he he gives up on some of the short stuff. And I, I felt like he did that in this game. He had the the huge the the deep pass to Tyler. He had the deep pass to Swain. And then it yeah, that's I felt like he was looking at for that like the rest of the game. I agree. And there's like this a couple of things there. He had a he had that third and three to Metcalf. I think it was Q4. Uh that, you know, it's it it's that was one of the ones that was on the long outside of the ledger, like Third and three, you know, 22 yard, 50, 50 ball to Metcalf. Like, why, right. why is that? And I mean, right away to like hike, here's the ball. Like that, that was, it was, it was moments like that. And I think, um, in fact, I know I saw it on Twitter before, before we logged on here that coach Carroll kind of called him out and said, you know, I really wish he took the check down to start the overtime series because all we needed was a field goal. And I'm in the same bucket. I'm just like, again, we're just why can't we mimic and mirror what they were doing to us all, all day long and take some of that? And the thing is, when we, when Russ did, I say we, when Russ did take the checkdowns, freaking worked. We, we had, and I, I have one later to talk about, 
But when we did take those, they were they were there all day. So it just didn't seem like it's it seemed like a conscious decision. And also when he targets DK, it's like I think he gets like a little extra hype. Like he he missed DK high like three or four times. And again, Russ played pretty darn well. I mean, stat line's good. Stat line's gaudy. Made some beautiful throws. The ability to just take what's given when in the third or fourth quarter or overtime to seal the deal, that wasn't there. So, man, oh, man, that's, again, frustration. Yeah, I, um, I said it on the recap that they, for, for the amount of time that they had it in the second half, they only had the ball for 10 minutes. And they needed to either put up one more score or they needed to find a way to move clock and and run it out. And they couldn't do either. And that was the frust- the most frustrating part of the game for me yesterday. And what I think so I, mean, I might have said earlier, Carson had no targets, but I think he did have one screen, I think, out to him, I believe. I think um, I don't I, have him sure. down for any targets. But he, okay, so. he did not have a, a great day. I mean, 13 carries, 31 yards. Yeah, he but, had the two touchdowns. 13 carries is not a, I mean, okay, but if we stop, great point. And if the Titans stopped running the ball after 13 carries, well, that would have been a different game too. I'm not saying pound the rock into, into a line where it's not working. I am saying, you know, a little more balance or just if, if that's not working, then, then do what you did with Homer on that tempo drive. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still talking we're, about it in here. Are we're we still, are we still on, on an in? Yeah, we're still on this in. So we got more outs to talk about. Let's flip it to an out. I won't even take a drink. Just we'll rock, rock and roll. Now I regret not taking now, a drink. Now, right, you're, so. now your mouth is dry. <laughs> now my mouth is dry. Okay, we're on the second out here. I'm talking about getting the ball to Carson, so I'm going to be a hypocrite here. 7.42 to go, quarter three, 24 to 16. We are nearing midfield, right? So we, we're just shy of midfield. We already got like incredibly lucky on this drive. By the way, we kind of got lucky all game. We, right? there, so, were, there, yes, there was a lot of luck in this game. There, it was all. It was actually mostly falling on our side, and then the dumb, dumb penalties that were our penalties, besides the DJ Reed taunting, which is just stupid. But, but the penalties were ours. Like we're hitting dudes in the in the face mask. Like, well, guess what? You can't do that for like you know six plus years now in the NFL, right? So. Just look, look in the mirror. But this particular drive, we got that that lucky, I think it was Carson stretch or Lockett stretch where they called it a first down, didn't measure it, just moved the chains. <laughs> right. And we hiked it like, okay, let, let's we'll take gonna it. give us a first down, we'll take it. Yeah. So we already had a phantom first down there. And then following that, we had a, a botched end around to Lockett. Play look busted. Don't know what happened. Wilson took a weird sack, makes it, makes it second and 13. And uh, then it was like a Lockett, like 11 yard near the sideline. Nice out, 11 yards. That third and two, then they take a timeout, right? Okay, so Seattle takes a timeout. We come out of the timeout. We're, we're crossing half field. That third and two to, to Carson that went for a tackle for a loss, it just drove me bananas. And I love Chris Carson. I just wanted to see, we talked about it like since last year, where is the moment where Russ is going to pull one down? Where's the naked bootleg? Where is getting Russ outside the pocket so he could make kind of a, a, a dealer's choice. Like, can I get this with my legs? Can I dump it off to Everett or Disley? Somebody? Nope. It's it's like the obvious play, hand off to the right side, cornerback crashes down. Even before the before the snap, the cornerback starts crashing down. And this was coming out of a timeout. So much so we lost yards, so much so that 
You know, I, I think Pete could have went for it, but we decided to punt there. That play drove me bananas. It was just, it was one amongst many where we could have sealed the deal and we failed to do so. The the play drove me bananas. The punt in that situation, I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with being up eight and, and right. being where they were in the third quarter. And, and really because of the number of points that the Titans had scored, you know, the, Derrick Henry just had his what first rushing touchdown, uh, the drive right before that. So he hadn't yet gone off. And so I was thinking, okay, yeah, well, now that you've uh, fallen short there, punt it away. But yeah, that play call there, that, that was, I, Tennessee knew it was coming and it was, it was just, it was too obvious. I, it was, and <laughs> that's where my I, frustration started, I think. You know what? That's you've, nailed it. you've nailed the point to where my frustration started in this game <laughs> in the second half. Yeah, really started to really be like, oh, is this really happening? And and again, I go I go back to the the notion that I'll take that back. Jordan Brooks on the series right before uh, that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Which he got benched for for a while, right? Yeah. He took him off the field for several series. Um, and you know what? Sometimes you deserve to to ride some pine for a bit. It, that particular play too. Once again, no motion, no, no nothing, no no misdirection. It's like we and it's. It's not like it, if we didn't know any better, then we probably wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, like, why are we not in motion? Why are we not, you know, why are we not using misdirection? It was one week ago where we were like, holy cow, this is what the Waldron offense could look like. This is what it would be like if Russ was in, the, in a McVay style offense. Good luck stopping this. And then we stopped ourselves, it seemed to me, by employing a heck of a lot less of what was successful in week one and no play was more, you know, uh, uh, what's the word there representative of, of that departure than that third and two. So it's, it's just, it's disappointing to come out of a timeout and that be the play. And it's like, again, let Russ get outside, yeah. let Russ use his legs, let him pull it down one time, one time and go get it himself. And we, we missed it, man. So Anything else for you on that particular one? I don't know. Yeah, you got me all bummed <laughs> out now. That was, it was the first time out of that half, too. And it, it I, the play clock was running down, so they had to take the time out, if I remember right. That's fine. That, that, I'm, I'm okay with that. We're up big. Take a time out. Come back out with your banger of all bangers and get the friggin' first down. But no, we come back out. They snapped the ball with like three seconds to go. So not only did they like come out of timeout, they also then ran the play clock down to the point where it makes it easier to understand when you're going to snap the ball too. Like even with, you know, like hard counts, et cetera, et cetera. They narrowed it down to like, oh, they only got a couple seconds left. I can probably get a good jump here. Just geez, maddening. All right, flip, flip the switch. Let's go. Let's get, let's get to something fun. This is, this is an in and again, they're all frustrating because they're correlated to the, to the things we didn't see the entire time. Early fourth quarter, it's still 24 to 16, just under about 14 minutes to go. And Seattle, we find ourselves in a first and 20 after the Metcalf holding slash PI slash like, I don't all know the how penalties, to block All the penalties on Metcalf. All the penalties you could get in one thing. It's first and 20. Okay. Screen to Swain goes nowhere. Second and 19. The next play is what I want to focus on where I was, I, I wrote it down at the time before the next play after, 
So the very next play, Russ takes the easy eight-yard gain to lock it. He goes out, turns around, the ball's in his gut, he falls forward, and it makes it third and 11. And I know you know what happened on the next play, Brandon, so take it away. What happens on the very next play? That's where, as Mookie put it, up at field goals, Freddie Swain put on his invisibility cloak, got beyond the defense, and he was off to the races. Yes. I guess he could only only use it once a game, but he broke it at the right, the right ability at the right time. He drank the, the magic potion. Love potion number nine. He's down the field and does a little pirouette, and he's gone for the wide open touchdown. And what I, you know, it, it's it's not that I like being in third 11, third and 11, and, but I really love the fact that it was second and 19, and we got to a spot that was way better because he just took what was freaking in front of him. He just took the easy lock it for eight yards to then make set something up. So it wasn't like, all right, let's run a draw and punt the ball. And it obviously was at that point. Once again, I'm like, okay, this game's over. We got this in the bag after that Swain touchdown. Obviously didn't turn out that way. But I promise you when it happened, when the eight yard gain happened before the Swain touchdown, I was still scribbling. When like I got done with You're it, like, and yes, I, looked I up, want that. That what, what right? they just did. That's that's what I want. And then the ball was sailing to to Swain. By the time I looked back up, because because I was scribbling in real time. So that to me was big. That when we did take what was there, we were hyper effective. So I know you don't like me to choreograph or or guess outs ahead of time, but okay. I, I'm a little bit surprised that or or maybe it's coming. The out to Tyler Lockett for not getting down one yard sooner. So it could have been a 69-yard touchdown <laughs> by Freddie Swain. <laughs> to, to, you know, because that would have, I think Tyler back to did back. that. Back-to-back, go every single game with 69-yard touchdown. Right. I think Tyler did that Tyler because ruined he, that. he knows that he had the lead, right? He had that. So he wanted to keep that and not give it to Swain. So Swain had to get oh. the 68 so oh, he can stay top top dog for the year so far. He knew, Tyler had he, such a good game. And then on top of that, he's taking it to the next level and making sure that he has the longest touchdown of the season by getting just that one more yard that he needed there, knowing that Swain was going to get the touchdown on the next play. And one thing that you bring up, you bring up Lockett, besides being a, an absolute favorite of mine. Um, one thing that I find myself really listening to every single week is his press conference. He seems to be like, if you could say what kind of dude has, has a career as a coach, he, to me, seems like the guy that gets the whole thing and get, and gets it from a macro level of that. It is a system that things move together. And if one piece is broken, you've got to figure out other ways to do things. And he's not shy about it either. He's, he's, I don't want to call it polite. He's professional. And he can deliver his point without without throwing people under the bus. But he's not shy to say what's on his mind about deficiencies. So I would just encourage Seahawks fans out there that if you're not listening to Lockett post-game stuff, I think it's one of the most well thought out and insightful pieces that we get every single week. Win, lose, or draw. I just think he's he's he is that he's in that mindset that I think that dude's gonna be a coach one, one of these years. Did, did you watch like the video? Twelve more years. Did you watch the video too? No, he was like the video. in a sensei, like gi almost uh, in, in the post game press conference. Well, I don't know I what didn't it was. See that. It was uh, it was pretty smooth though. Yeah, well, that just makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, he, he's he's a poet and he knows it, right? He does he does lots of stuff. So the gushing for Tyler will continue. He's second in the league right now in yards. 
He has three touchdowns. He's off to an amazing start. And hopefully um, he just keeps, he keeps at it. And he just, he, he could just have a true WR one year and be like a top five guy for the year. So loving Lockett. We've got another out to get to. Why don't you hit the thing? I'll do the thing. I'll meet you on the other side. What are, what are you drinking? Is that, is that a Fanta? <laughs> is it a Fanta? I wish. I don't know if folks can see. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Living the high life. That's it. Living the high life. It's a uh, six fifteen on a Monday somewhere right here. So after a Seahawks loss, so there were a lot of other outs that I'm not going to go into. I will just mention briefly: Damian Lewis false start killer. Flowers. I I know people are like, oh, you can't leave Flowers one to one on Henry, and you know maybe that's Adam's fault for jumping inside. Maybe. No, I, I put not that get, on Flowers. I yeah. I, I think it's fair get, to put to that not, on flowers to not get a hand on him. And like, you know, I realize Henry is bigger and even faster and quicker than, than he looks on TV. And I understand the dude's all world. So I get all that still, if you force him to the outside, well, then it's probably a 10 yard or 12 yard or eight yard run. You get help with digs and you just push him out of bounds. He just lets him go up the middle. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what a horrible angle knowing that, what Adams did, I'm like, I, it just didn't didn't equate to me. I was like, uh, I saw lots of people saying that's not on Flowers. I'm like, I, I think it is. All right, but it's not Flowers. It is not. We talked about the the third that the third and three to Metcalf. That was a 50 50 ball. We talked about that. We're not talking Jamal's. How many outs are you going to fit into this out, Clinton? A lot, a lot. <laughs> it's deserving. Not Jordan Brooks. We talked about that. It is three and three out. So I feel like the only show where you're going to get some of these things is, is right here. I said earlier in the preseason that I did not like DJ Dallas returning kickoffs. He doesn't, he does not have the bursts for a kickoff guy. He just doesn't have it. He's not that kind of fast kickoff guys, get the ball, go straight, make one cut, make two dudes miss. And then you have the ability to take it to the house. That's what a kickoff guy has to go do. Trey Brown can do it. D. Eskridge could do it. They're both hurt. I get it. Uh, Freddie Swain, he's not that quick. I think Freddie Swain could do it better, though, because the, the thing that we missed in this game was it, you say get the ball and go north and south, but he, was, he wasn't getting the ball. It was bouncing on the ground before right. he would pick it up. And, and so yeah. by the time that it hit the ground and he was in control of the football, everybody was there. It, it led to a terrible field position. You, you have to either, you know, it's fine if you want to stand on the five yard line and let it go over your head and then not right. have a return. That's fine. But to stand in the end zone and wait for it to hit the ground on the five or the 10 yard line and run up and catch it off the bounce, it's going to lead to terrible field position. And that's what happened. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, one time it, kind of bounced off his chest. The one to the sideline was six to three. That's actually a really good kickoff, right? Like, so credit to, to if you could place a kickoff where it's like, eh, I can't let this bounce because it might not go out of bounds. And then, and then it's a live ball. Totally get that. But that goes off his chest. He feels it not cleanly. But the other one you're talking about, again, 24 to 16. It's, this is after Henry's nine, nine yard touchdown run. They're starting to get momentum back. And he just, he just kind of, does like a little pitter patter and just lets it drop. And it takes a big, like your northward bound bounce. And it's like two more seconds by the time he gets it and starts going, going north on the field. And he's corralled like, you know, four yards later. It's like, 
crappy field position again. So I'm just, to me, I know there's lots of other things that people may gravitate towards. I don't know, man, you're a kickoff guy. Your job is to go run up, catch the freaking ball and go, you know, that way, whatever that way is as quickly as you possibly can. He failed to do it. He's taking a big O not he's if there's a doghouse that I could have, he's sitting in it right now. I'm not happy with him. All right. Okay. I didn't need we to say one. anymore. That was, that That's was fine. Good. You're, you're good. looking you, at me like, oh, you're, you're, you're just going to go on to the next segment. You got to. Yeah. Next time, give me a little one of these. So I know <laughs> if I got a little time for the, for the, you know, the, the liquid sugar. All right. So, um, Brandon, there's one more in, there's one more guy that I love, 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 love to talk about when he does, when he does things. He, he's, he's up front. He's a giant man. We a have man, a nickname. A man we with have a arms. Nickname. Yeah. That, that are the size arms. of most people's thighs. Correct. So 720 to go, quarter four, 30 to 23. This is after the series. Like, well, you're after the DJ Reed taunting, as we as we will put it in quotations, taunting. Mayoa makes a great tackle for a loss on Henry. He beats his dude. He sets up like a second and 10 plus. And yes, that is a tackle for a loss. Should be at least, you know, counted that way. And then it is old thigh arms. He busts through. I think it's the left guard bullies the man, just pushes him back into Tannehill's face, gets his thigh arm up around Tannehill and gets him down for a huge, huge sack. Then it leads to the third and long. And then they end up having that fourth and two uh, play where High, you know, Hyder has a great play on the fourth and two and Tannehill's almost getting sacked. And then we got the ball back. We're getting momentum. We're going to win this ball game. And it would have been on, you know, the honor of thigh arms to, to seal the deal there. Didn't work out quite that way, but I got to give the love to Al Woods and thigh arms for that huge, timely sack. If, if things go differently, the Seahawks come out with the win. That is one of the plays that it all hinges back toward the Seahawks favor on. And I, I knew it when it happened, too, that you were going to be excited about that one. And was. Woods had a big day in terms of pro football focus. He was the number three ranked player on the Seahawks defense. He and Bobby Wagner both com- each had seven stops, seven stops each. And, yeah. you know, that's unusual for a defensive lineman. That's normal for Bobby Wagner. But yes, seven stops. Al Woods had six tackles. You mentioned the one sack. He had two quarterback hurries. So he was one of the few guys getting after the quarterback. It was him and Kerry Hyder. The two of them each had three total pressures. That's not good enough for the entire team that those are your two guys. Man, where was the pressure in this game? Oh, we're on an in. We uh, scratched that. No, no, that's okay. I I do want to, you know, before we get to the, you know, we don't have a brand. Al Woods having the in for an awesome game should not be like, he should not be leading the team in pressure. I, and, and, you know, we don't have the NBC, we don't have the branding, we just got from the flock and we're, we're about, we're about at the half, half, you know, half an hour mark. So we got a little time to ramble here. I saw some of the stats, you know, the, the, the play share later, like Dunlap didn't really play a lot. Alton Robinson, Alton Alton, he barely got snaps. Taylor didn't get a lot of snaps. It's like, again, it's a little bit head scratching. Robinson's been really productive with the time he's gotten. I kind of thought after week one, seeing the splits being like, Ooh, like when he was in, he was really, really productive that he would have gotten a little bit more love. He didn't get, so Dunlap went down, but Robinson didn't go up. So 
it was a little weird to me. Like we're talking about where was the pressure? Okay, we did get three sacks. Didn't feel consistent. You know, it didn't it didn't just Tannehill had more time than I wanted him to have. So I don't know. Like, did you read anything else yet about why was Dunlap shared down? Why didn't Robinson get more time? Why didn't Taylor get more time? Anything coming up for you? No, that's going to be something that I look for on the Monday press conference from Pete Carroll to to hear if that comes up because yeah, your two guys who were leading the team in snaps on the defensive line. You had Benson Mayoa on the left side, 57 snaps. Rasheem Green on the right side, 56. And yeah, you had Kerry Hyder with 51, which is, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, for Carlos Dunlap, only 26 snaps. And, Weird, right? and he was nowhere to be seen in this game. Kim Dietschy, 36 snaps. And, you know, we saw him a little, but... Yeah, it uh, that was a surprise to me, especially Dunlap and Taylor after Taylor's nice game that he had last week. I whoever was out there though, for them to not have Taylor Luan in the lineup, for them right. to essentially lose their entire left side of their yeah, offensive Saffold line goes down. Saffold right, yeah. goes down, and they still they still can't get any pressure on that left side. Yeah, that's uh, it. It was it was lacking and. You know, one of the reasons we were we took the L on this one, and um, and then I, you know, if there was a a poll up there, I saw lots of talk about well, who do you actually blame for the loss? It's like, well, you know, we didn't play great in all three phases. However, yeah, everybody. But and if I had to choose one, to me, it's the offense. And I understand like, well, you put up thirty, then you should this this this. Yeah, sure. Um, totally get that. And we had twenty four at halftime. So, and we had the and we had good field position despite poor kickoff returns because we had fourth down stops. Uh, we had a missed field goal. I mean, right there, you had a missed field goal and a fourth down stop where, where you're starting at like the whatever, 30 something yard line two times and you're not capitalizing. So no, to me, this one is on the offense has got to finish when we have the opportunity to finish. Didn't do it. I realize the defense is, is taking some of the, some, some of the blame here, but to me, this is, this is on the O man. You've, got to be able to finish a game like this we're talking about a field goal we get a field goal sometime in the fourth quarter we win this game and not able to do it so frustrating Frustrating. i I think when you can't really pinpoint whether it's on the offense or the defense or on special teams then the answer is coaching you put this on the coaches could be rabbit could be i i'm with you so we'll you know we'll learn more and again we're one and one of course the rest of the division winning in you know, the Colts game was good. That was a good game. Colts hung tough. Although, I don't know why Frank Reich is, well, Frank Reich, and who's the Eagles coach now? Um, Sirianni. The, the, Sirianni, okay. Why, let me ask you this. When did it become not cool early in a game to, th- to take three points? At what point in the NFL history was it like, eh, we don't need three points. It's totally fine. We're just, we're just going to go for it. Like, when did that become a thing where three points just, some, just somehow didn't matter? Because I can tell you what, if Frank Reich kicks a couple of freaking field goals and Sirianni does the same thing, yeah, probably a loss for the Niners, probably a loss for the Rams. But nope, they got to just you know just they are allergic to field goals. I don't get it. It just doesn't sit well with me. I know it's frustrating when you get down there and you have a big play that gets you inside the ten yard line. And you just have play after play where you can't get it in. And you're like, okay, we're going to do it on fourth down. We're going to finally going to get it. And then you get stopped. Um, 
Yeah. When, when you have a fourth and five, I think it was for the Eagles against the San Francisco 49ers defense, which is pretty good. Yeah. Still good D. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were targeting their defensive backs who aren't the greatest. They were running at them on fourth down. They were trying to do a misdirection, but they have all kinds of speed on that 49ers defense. What are you doing? So yeah. And rather than go up six to nothing, they end up down or then it's it's three to nothing the, the eagles defense is good but it, yeah you don't need to be uh trying to i yeah i i'm as frustrated well, as you were but that's when it would have been six nothing right and then they they gave up the late touchdown right before the half yeah right so they, they goes to the half seven three niners like what's wrong with especially eagles in the controlled first half? that entire first half yes yes exactly exactly you control the entire first half yes i understand six nothing is not the the coolest score and 10 certainly sounds better, but you dominated. You, they have a goose egg. Just kick the freaking field goal. So it was, it's very frustrating to me. Speaking of field goals, I do feel like the Vikings miss was, you know, so, somehow the ghost of Blair Walsh coming back to bite <laughs> us in the ass. Right. So I just, the, the entire NFC West squeaking by and us squeaking out with our loss. It's like you had three teams that maybe didn't deserve to win and yet us who didn't deserve to win. And yet we're the ones uh, we're, we're the ones looking up in the basement now. But 15 more weeks to go. We get those Vikings next week. We'll see how it goes. Did we you not did f- you not just feel a little bit better, though, when the Chiefs lost and you're like, OK, well, Seahawks and the Chiefs, we're, we're both one and one. The, yeah, the Bills are <laughs> one and one. The Chiefs are one and one. The Seahawks, that all makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. all. That's where all the really cool kids are one and one. It's just you get that loss out of the way now. Um, now now, now say, the, all these teams can go on a tear. Yeah, let, let now 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 we can tear it up. Now we can win our next, you know, whatever, 13 out of 15 and and, and head into the playoffs as the one seed. So um I just hope that we're not looking back at this as like the Giants game from last year. You know, like, oh, if we win that freaking Titans game, we're the one seed, which was the same thing with the Giants game last year that we somehow somehow friggin didn't you know couldn't get a handle on. So don't, stop bringing right, gotta- up the Giants game. I don't want to hear I don't want to <laughs> hear about it. We're moving on. We got one more section left. We got from the flock before we do hit it, Brandon, why don't you tell the good folks of the, you know, the Seahawks multiverse, how the heck they can get involved with the flock, all the content you're putting out and the ways in which they can interact with, well, with, with us. Yeah. If you want to be a part of the flock, you can go to patreoncom slash flock and you can get in our discord. We have a three in three out discord where you leave your ins, leave your outs. We, we have a game day chat thread going on throughout the game. So yeah, if you want to hang out, watch the game and and talk about it and really feel the the community around the show uh, just as you're watching the game. It's it's a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash flock. And what else? You, you gave me a big, long list of things that I'm supposed to run down. Oh, subscribe well, to the show. Well, SBNation.com slash NFL podcast on YouTube. Yep. Now that we're doing it live on YouTube, subscribe. Yeah, it's on the Seahawkers podcast channel and we got video. So you can come and you can watch us live or yeah, not live. Yeah, you you get well, pretty much the live. video. It's 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 fairly live. You'll get to see me pounding high lifes to drain my drain my sea my Seahawkra sorrow. However, the flock is amazing. Totally worth your money. Get in the flock. Do it already. And uh, we're gonna start off. I'm gonna start with an in because because it was the first one that showed up in the Discord, and I just I I clopped it. I just cropped it out. But this is from Beast Mode Twenty Four Christopher, all the way from Germany. Earlier in the game, he says in for Collier. Big. Big QB hit on second down, possibly saving a touchdown. You know, Collier, 
and we didn't never saw Collier again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he didn't show up too much, but he did have that early play, which which was a nice play. So he sends the in to Collier, and we, we haven't said his name all year, so huzzah. Henry Coxon comes in out to DK for pushing the defender into Swain, forcing a holding call on top. Calm down. Yeah. DK, that's DK had a not a great game, is is what it boils down to. And it's not because of this just the stat line, but it's the stat line plus the things that are like, if the attitude is not met with production, then it, then people could sour on you quickly. Um, you know, I predict, I predict big things versus the Vikings. I predict the bounce back versus the Vikes. We'll see if we get there. We got car car also with the out. She says to the stupid rule that doesn't allow celebrating touchdowns. You know, what's weird though, is that Michael Pruitt, the tight, I think he's a tight end for the Titans. I felt like yeah. he was just as demonstrative of, as DK and like he was getting away with everything. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe DK has got a rep now. Remember that maybe these, he's earned a little bit of a rep. And the pacifier, the hair, and, you know, getting some penalties the weeks before. Or maybe, maybe he's become a bit of a target out there saying, hey, you got to watch 14. He's the reason we put these, these dumb rules in place. I don't know. I'm not sure. And you can celebrate touchdowns. It's just you can't uh, celebrate in a taunting way, which I, the one play that keeps coming to mind for me, well, maybe it'll come up here, but DJ Reed getting up yeah, and, stupid. you know, celebrating the incomplete pass. And it was, I guess, too close to the defender while he was on the ground that it was perceived by the officials to be taunting and worth and worthy of a flag somehow. It's just trash. You know, I think um, I think it might have been Jamal Adams who was talking about this in his postgame uh, interview when he said something like, you know, basically regulating and taking the emotion out of football players is stupid. Like, OK, we can't go head hunting. Everybody gets that. You can't hit you in the head. You make a big clean play and you get up and you do a little flex, you know, and you get back to the huddle and you flag for it. I mean, just, it's just, it's just dumb. When you build a house on sand, you're only building higher and higher dumb things. We're pretty much at the apex of stupidity. It's going to come crashing down. It'll reverse sometime, but we got to deal with it for this year. Decaf Metcalf fan club says in Jordan Brooks being able to affect the game and get a penalty without even being on the field early, early penalty called on 56 while the offense was out there. And yeah, I don't think we ever figured out who exactly that was probably a lineman. Uh, but yeah, was was funny was, was definitely getting a chuckle out of that. That's when things were going well, when we had fun and this too, Gene Bo in, in the discord said in, Aggressive play calling before the half, even when winning. We did, we talked about that as one of the ins, but and then actually I just lay laid in there too. Frost was talking about perfect tempo, same same type of thing. He was he was talking about the the idea of the efficient passing and getting enough to to you know keep the chains moving, get out of bounds and the mix and the play to Collins. He's talking about everything we went over there too. So people in the Discord were very much grooving on the same idea of that being a perfectly tempoed, effective drive. And Schmick at, at Mickey Swank on Twitter. He was mind melding with me on this, giving the out, allowing three straight check downs in a row on this drive for two first downs to let them into field goal range at the two minute warning. And yeah, it was it was infuriating to, to see what they continued to do. And they didn't have any kind of answer for it. No answers at all. Derek Williamson, Derek W. I think it's I think it's an O. So uh, D-E-R-E-K-W-O out on Twitter. 
He's been following for quite a while. Might be a zero. It might be a zero. It might be a zero. You know, try it, try it two ways. So it could be a zero. Um, But he, he says he's given the inconsistency out to flowers. And I wasn't too perturbed about flowers covering. I knew it wasn't spectacular. However, I've seen enough of flowers covering people. And it's like, all right, if he's a half a stride behind Julio Jones and Jones makes a good play, yeah, you know, where the I, ball I, is placed really right, well. Yeah, right. There it's were a like, lot. Of, then, there were there were quite a few of those where Tannehill. Yeah, Hill, I mean, it was a great Brown throw. Drops, right. Brown dropped two or three that that should have been caught. That were really good passes by Tannehill. When I said we got lucky, it wasn't just you know some calls that went our way. There were some drops they had too. However, I, I hear what Derek's saying. He he puts the inconsistency on Flowers and gives him an out. So for me, it was more egregious that he. I thought took a terrible angle on that long, on that long, uh, you know, rumble by, by uh, King Henry there. Nils H N Hirton on Twitter says, Hey, me again for the first time. Well, at least for this season in first half Waldron out second half shoddy at play call. Damn. How can you manage a two score game like that? Best from Germany. Go Hawks next time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Nils. I mean, we, we next time is right. Next time, six more days. Let's get at it. When we, when we cruise out to Minnesota and, just got have to win that game. Did Shoddy sneak in at halftime and swap out playbooks and like yeah, it, yeah all the the bad the bad playbook <laughs> the bad play calls right? So that's, he's like, uh, oh gosh, I I can't find my playbook from the first half. I I I put it around here it's at halftime somewhere, and then somebody you know runs from from the the upstairs down you know down to him. Oh, we we had this one stashed away upstairs from last season. He's like, oh, I guess I I guess I have to use this one. What I'm looking forward to and also like don't want to see at all because I'm, I'm fearful of what I might find out. I mean, you know, it's like if you don't if you don't like the answers, don't ask the question. I'm looking forward to like a little Matty F. Brown type breakdown mm. when he's looking because he does a nice job of that on Twitter every week. He's I'm sure he's going to call some things out where it's like, hey, the the player was there like Swain was over the middle. Everett was there. Russ chose the outside 50-50 ball. Rush chose this. Um, it's what I expect to see. And, and as much as I want to digest this information to understand it fully, I'm a little fearful for what we're going to find out. I, I, I think that's what we're going to see. But we'll see. We'll see in the coming days when the All-22 comes out. And I will, I'll work, I'll, I will work through it, Brandon. You're, so, you're going you're gonna to try and work your way up to trying to seek out that content. Yes, exactly, exactly correct. And in the meantime, we do have Delwyn all the way from Aus- Aus- Australia. I tried to get that right. Not a Fosters, but Australia. The in actually getting a quick playoff and not giving the opposition time to review the challenge on an, on an iffy spot. That's the one I think it was Carson we talked about, the third down stretch. We get up, we run, the, we run another play, and, and away we go. Good call, though, by the way. I was like, I was like, hike the ball, hike the ball, hike the ball. Don't even care if you ground it. Just hike the freaking ball. This kind of shows um, you some of the differences in coaching, though, too, because, you know, Pete Carroll yes. would have challenged that and he always loses spot challenges. So I, it was probably smart of Rabel to go ahead and not challenge it. I don't know. That looked like he was about three quarters <laughs> of a yard short. Like he was short. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He was as close to, you know, as Vinny Testaverde scoring that that touchdown against our Hawks that time or. Roethlisberger in the stupid Super Bowl, right? So, all right, take the next out. Take it away. Jimbo in the Discord says, out how we play in the third quarter. Ugh. Yeah, disgusting, disgusting. Again, I contend we played one quarter very, very well. We didn't play overtime well. We did not play well in the first quarter for the most part. Third quarter was atrocious. Fourth quarter was abominable. 
Second quarter was lovely. So that was, Jeremy that was the one good one. Ever, yeah, it was a great one. Jeremy Evergreen in Bobby Wagner's third down sack. He looked like he was a heat seeking missile on that play. Oh man. And I loved his little, I don't know how to describe his celebration, but he kind of got all like, you know, he kind of did like a mini, a mini Frank, the tank he got all like a cannonball and just kind of pumped it up and fisted it out there. That was a beautiful sack. Lovely timing. Exactly. Drawn up very, very well schematically. And then you let an all world guy just go do all world things. Fired up. Lo- love that sack. The out from Jeremy going back to the wide receiver bubble screen. Well, too often when we are already in second or third and long, our wide receivers aren't good at blocking. It didn't look to that way. Right. And also there was a couple of times where the one to Swain, it was, Oh, I forget which one it was. There was another one later in the game. Yeah. Oh, it was to Everett where he gets chopped down. There was, there was a, a wide receiver screen to Everett. I think third quarter, I think. Um, Oh, what, where, the one time that Everett touched the ball in the entire game? Yes, yeah. And he gets like, it's not even like, he's like a little out. And it looks like it's supposed to be like a tight end screen. And then if you go back and watch it, like Disley is like out to get the ball and Swain is out like on like running a route also. It's like, they got three dudes there and Everett, no one's blocking. Not, not one of them. It's really, really weird. Nobody's blocking. They're all just out there on like, they're separated by about two yards of pop, hmm. all like longitudinally, if that's correct, you know, uh, horizontal to one another. It's like some, and, and, and you see Swain, Swain watches the play happen. He just goes like, puts his hands up because what happened there? <laughs> I had the same freaking question, Freddie. What happened there, dude? I'm not sure. Yeah, the ti- they need to work the- out the timing on these blocks because DK was blocking too early. And not only was he blocking too early, Ugh. he decided to hold. And then Twice. the other guys just aren't even blocking at all. Yeah. And it's it, it juxtaposed. Now I get it. Listen, this is week two of a brand new offense where we didn't run a lot of this stuff. Okay. I get that. And I can be patient with that kind of stuff because I'm not, not, you know, thick brained. I, I understand this. However, I did watch a lot of the Rams Colts game and watching them execute the, the Cooper cup sc- screens, like perfection, perfection. Oh, just the screens in this single- game from the Titans. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. We, we, we had our issues defending it and executing them, whereas other teams are just, you know, running it at will. So we did have Kenneth Reyes, another out. 100 yards of penalties is not how we are going to win games. Kenneth, what can I say besides that math seems to check out? An out from CJKO4 in the Discord, out trying to go for kill shots to end the game early instead of sustaining drives and using the intermediate game like we did last week. Yep, we talked that that's pretty much the theme of this show. So, you know, uh, CJ, CJK, I don't got my peepers on. That's exactly right. We're going to end on a, on a streak of outs, I believe. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, a, it's a very how, long streak of outs. How, how else can you end, end this week, right? So we had a right hand Dan in the Discord out, punt special teams. He's talking about Dixon flying the ball into the end zone a couple of times. Then the 46 yarder was not his best. He's talking about the DJ Muff. He's talking about the. Uh, you know, giving up 10 yards here and there where it, when it mattered. Right hand, Dan, you are right on, right on the money, man. Circle takes a square at that one. We got two more outs. Hang with us. I promise you, they're worth it. Daniil out, DK with little positive plays and a whole lot of penalties. Yep. And we'll, we'll finish on this one because it's just proper. Hector Mark goes by DK's deltoids out, losing a winnable game in the home opener. We don't mean to be cynical. We don't mean to be, you know, Debbie Downers. 
However, we got to face this one. You got to face this one, suck it up, get through it, realize the mistakes, get better, get better quickly, and get ready to go beat the Vikings to go to get to get back on that raging Yang side. So I, I heard I will Clinton, say, I heard too many people for the Seahawks in the post game. Just kind of I, I feel like taking it for granted that up as many points as they were. I I heard more than one guy say, you know, we usually win these games. It's like, well, yeah, because you have to go out there, though, and give the effort to win the game. You can't just expect the team to roll over or the crowd noise to be so loud that, you know, that that somehow the other team just decides to give up. No, you have you have to continue to play and and be aggressive. Like you, it, it's just not going to happen to ha- because that's how it always happens. Right. That's how it's. Yeah, that's that, like if we know anything about humanity, it's that things just stay consistent the entire time. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing changes, ever, changes ever. Nothing. Nothing ever changes. If you were good last year, you're good this year. If you're good six years ago or eight years ago, well, heck, you know, you, you still got the Legion of Boom. It's just not the case. Right. So, yes. Are we used to winning close games? Of course. Do we do we routinely play well at home? Yes, we do. Um, but guess what? The, the thrill of the 12s. I'm not saying the thrill is gone because from a fan perspective, it's amazing, but the home field advantage, it, it ain't what it was, is the bottom line. For a couple of years now, folks have, and, and throw the COVID year out the window, but for a couple of years now, folks have come up to the Pacific, Pacific Northwest and walked out of our house with W's when they had no right getting earning that W, but we let them do it. So that's going to be a big thing this year. Now, one thing I will say, Perhaps in a year where we have nine road games and eight home games, maybe it's actually an in in our favor. Oh, gosh. We can sure hope so. (laughs) We can sure, sure hope so. All right, Brendan, why don't we close this bad boy out? It was fun. It was an entertaining game. It was a disastrous ending. And we just got to we got to eat it, understand it, get freaking fired up, because in six short days, We'll be back out there versus the purple people eaters because we got to get back on the right side, get that W and get the two and one. And I think with that, Clinton, only one thing left to say, go Hawks, go Hawks. Go Hawks.